Hello and you're very, very welcome to episode two of season two of the League of Ireland podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie. I'm your host, Kieran Callan, and I'm delighted that you're here with me for this podcast. Here's what we have coming up on the show. Yo-Yo Maddy is going to be talking to us about his switch to the Northwest, where he is signed for Ollie Horton's Finn Hawks. We'll also be speaking to Dimit Carney, our correspondent from FinalWhistle.ie where he will be previewing next week's fixtures and he'll also be reviewing of the all of the action from last week. And later on in the programme, we will have Treaty United manager Tommy Barrett on to talk to us about his side's fortunes for the upcoming season. Coming up next is our first guest, and it's Yo-Yo Maddy here on the podcast on FinalWhistle.ie. Yo-Yo, you're very welcome to the programme. Cheers, Karen. Thanks for having me. Um, first of all, you were probably all geared up for what was uh, the first game of the season against Draha United and then Storm Eunice or Storm whatever it was got in the way. From a mindset point of view, is it a, was it a bit of a setback that you got hit with the cancellation so late in the day that you were reared up for the first game of the season and then for that kind of all to be taken away from you? Uh, I'd say um, we, were, we were reared up for the game to be fair all week and then Thursday night we knew there was a storm coming so Thursday, our mindset was the game's on. We're ready for a game tomorrow. And then Friday morning, woke up, looked out the window, and there's about 10 centimetres of snow or something. So I think it was pretty obvious from the start of the day that the game was going to be off. But like, it was a was a bit of a setback seeing, like, as we've been preparing for the last four or five weeks for this first game of the season, for it to be called off. And then other teams playing, it gives them kind of a, I don't know, I don't know if it's like a head start, but like they get 90 minutes under their belt. In a, in a Premier Division game and we have to wait another week for a game on Friday and then a game on Monday as well so look you can't really predict the weather in Ireland especially up here so um, our heads are screwed on now for Friday and we can't wait You made the switch to the Northwest after winning a First Division medal with Shelburne um, what was it that Ollie Horgan said to you that enticed you to move up to Donegal? Ollie, I spoke to Ollie before um, before the start of last season as well, and um, I just, I knew that he was interested in me, and I like I know how highly he thinks of me as a player, and that's something that that obviously every player wants. They want the manager that rates them, and you know when he picked up the phone and started speaking to me this year, um, and told me about his plans for the season, how he wants me playing, and the players that he has here as well, um, that all was was part of the reason why I came up and. You know, so far working with him has been really good, and there's no one in the whole league that has a bad word to say about Ollie. And from working with him, I can see why because he's a he's a good guy, and he looks after his players, and he'll do anything for them. And that's someone that I want to play for. You just kind of touched on a little bit there, but from speaking to people within the League of Ireland circles, one of the things that entices people to go and and play for Ollie is the fact that he's apparently you now I. I I haven't seen him do it, but apparently he's an exceptionally astute coach. So from working underneath him over the past couple of weeks, you know, since you started pre-season, what has his coaching philosophy been like and how is it linked into your style of play? Uh, he knows he knows how to get it done. You know, um, if you look at the last few seasons, you know, Finn Harris have had a really good record towards the end of the season as well. Um, even in the playoffs and when they went down, they came straight back up. So he's the man that knows how to get results and, you know, being a striker, um, results for me is usually involves me scoring goals. So, like, it kind of comes hand in hand. Am I right in saying that Yo-Yo is kind of an abbreviation or short for Yusuf? Is that the correct yeah, pronunciation of it? Yeah. 
yeah, because yeah. you you have an an Egyptian background. Um, but speaking of of it's it, there's quite a continental flair to Finn Harps. There's a player from Spain. There's a player from you know Madagascar, which is uh, Bastian Heary, who's very well known. You signed a Croatian player. It it's starting to show that the attractiveness for players from a from a European background coming to the league. Obviously, they used to always see England as the only option, but now Ireland's becoming that. It's it, it's it's a nice thing to have and for Finn Harps especially, but also for the League of Ireland. Yeah, you know, um, having that bit of like international aspect of players at the club is, uh, I think, it'll attract a lot of attention from the countries that the players are coming from as well. So, um, you know, the only the only thing that's a bit of an issue is probably the the English speaking that can be a bit of a problem. But you know, as the season goes on, you'll gel together and you know, that communication will be fine between the players. But as you said, I think it, it is big for the league, you know, that it's not just English lads, not just Scottish lads, not just Irish lads, obviously, that, like, you know, if you want the league to grow, you know, players from other countries have to have to start coming. Finn Harps, by by all intents and purposes, is an intimidating place to go at the best of times. I know from, you know, as a, as a journalist, but also as someone who's gone to support his club there. It must be enticing, though, that you're going to be on the right side of that very vocal support from the people of Donegal. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I've had many battles with Finn Harps. Um, when I played for UCD, I went up there, and it was always a close battle at the best of times, seeing as the year that I won the first division with UCD, they were our main challengers, and then the year that I went down at UCD, they were the team that was just ahead of us. So... Every time I went there, it's been packed and you know, it's really intimidating and it is a tough place to go and they know how to get results there. So it'll be nice to be on the other side of that for once. And finally, I know expectations are high, you know, going into every League of Ireland season. But for you personally, what are your expectations as a player, if you've set any for, for the up and coming season for Finn Harps? Um, I think, no, I think it's more of a collective goal. You know, um, everyone knows that the goal for Finn Harps this year and I think that we have a good good squad of players and you know I think we can exceed the, the expectations that you know the fans would have for us and even the ones that we have for ourselves personally I just want to get goals I want to get playing I want to play in, first, in the Premier Division obviously and um, you know be playing with some really good players so hopefully we can all gel together and we can have some good performances Well listen Yo-Yo thanks very much for talking to us this evening and we wish you the very very best of luck uh, this weekend Cheers Karen. thank you No problem Well, last season he had to assemble a squad with 48 hours notice, but and he then t- proceeded to take the first division by storm by reaching the semi-finals of the promotion and relegation playoff. It's been uh, in their maiden year. It's been a little bit of a calmer transition this season, but I'm delighted to be joined by Treaty United's Tommy Barrett. Tommy, it's great to have you back on the programme, and from myself, it's lovely to meet you. Likewise, Kieran. How are you? Uh, I'm great, thank you very much. Tommy, first of all, a great win away to Wexford last week. Um, the perfect start for your side. Yeah, it was a really good result. You know, um, obviously, you know, it sounds like it was a great performance as well at a 5-1, you know, and it was a good attacking performance by us. And, you know, we counter we counterattack quite well and <clears throat> we took our goals very well and we played the conditions well, I thought, you know, but we have a lot to work on. We, we conceded a lot of chances and um, I think, you know, looking at the other results around the league as well, there was a lot of high scoring games and I think it was just a, one of those weekends where, you know, it was kind of a bit freaky results. The weather conditions weren't great and I think we adjusted some better, probably won the game, won the games well, you know, so 
well, that was certainly the case in our games. I can't speak for the other games, but that was certainly in, in our game. I felt that, you know, we, we took our chances and, and adjusted the conditions a bit better. So we're not taking anything for granted and, and looking forward to at on this Friday. Okay, just to look back on last season, because it's the first time we've been to you, it was well documented that on the 5th of February 2021, you were appointed manager. It was still two weeks away before you were formally appointed into the League of Ireland. You know, I can only imagine how hectic of it was a time between in those two weeks. You know, were you able to sign players? Were you not able to sign players? And then all of a sudden you got the get-go and then within 48 hours you have to assemble a squad that has to compete in the first division. Yeah, it was crazy, Kieran. You know, it's well documented now. Um, you know, I would have been speaking to a few lads, obviously, um, before that, you know, when I, when I was assigned and uh, when I was appointed, should I say, and, and, and I think it was the first week in February, um, you know, but I would have speak, been speaking to a couple of lads before that because there's a possibility we could have had, we could get into the league, but we, we genuinely didn't know. We were kept in the dark until I think it was around the 20, 20th of February. I think it was a Sunday, uh, if I remember correctly. And we, we had to have, you know, the players signed. We got a, a two or three day extension, but we had to have the players signed, I think, by the, by the Thursday. So, you know, we didn't train until the Tuesday, so it was essentially two to three days to get them signed. Um, <clears throat> and I, I mean by training, I mean uh, putting 40 lads out in a, an AstroTurf pitch in LIT, and, um, which is now TUS, uh, TUS uh, in um, Limerick, and, you know, narrowing that down um, just overnight. So, like, it was hard. It was hard on the boys. You didn't know because you're looking at them and it's not fair on them because you're, you're playing essentially seven-a-side matches and, and stuff to, just to get a look at them. Um, that was tough on those lads, you know, but we had to mainly go with, with, with lads we knew or, or knew of quite well around the league. Um, and, you know, it worked out well for a finish. We got a, a good group and good characters and we kept a lot. We retained a lot of those lads this year. So, you know, we'll be hoping we can be competitive in every game and, and, and that's, our, that's our aim. I know I'm, I'm going to put my Dundalk hat on for a second here, but a sign that your players... You know, really, can really can rise to an occasion was that FEI Cup game in the markets field last year. You know, only for a bit of a McAlenny moments. You know, you could have pulled off what could have been regarded as one of the biggest shocks of the season. I'd say it would have been the biggest shock of the season for sure. Yeah, look, you know, they had a lot of the possession, but didn't really hurt us. Um, you know, my recollection of the game, we had a, we had probably a chance in just before that to, to, to win the game and you know and it went extra time even to bring them to extra time you know it was a fantastic achievement for us from where we were at and and even for the finish we were down to 10 men you know I thought it was a harsh enough sending off to be fair um you know and we were chasing the game and we put a, we got a few set piece chances we went three at the back and and we were pushing like you know so um yeah we were unlucky and and that's a good good thing about this group you know they're, they're a good bunch of lads and they, they'll keep on going to the end. You know, it, it's rare that we'll, um, you know, we took a, a heavy defeat. We took two of them last year. One was Kevin Teeley and, and the other one was um, UCD who caught us in the last 10 minutes in, in the first playoff game and beat us 3-0. So, um, but in general, you know, we, we've been very competitive um, and that's all you can ask for, um, particularly, you know, with, with the budget we have, um, you know, or the lack of a budget uh, and a fully amateur team. It's, it's, it's difficult to, to um attract lads um but on the flip side you know you get lads that may want to prove other teams wrong and and, and you know a, a bit of a bit of spite that way is no harm in, in a lad as well you know so that can be a good thing in 
you know, we use it as a, lads can use it as a springboard, and I have no problem with that. Like we have lads now that went to Bowes full time this year, and obviously Shelburne, you know, in Ty Groin and Sean McSweeney, and we've another lad gone to Cambodia, and Edward McCarthy's gone full time with Galway. So, you know, there's four lads that are, that are playing full time football. I don't think they would have um, been playing full time football if they weren't with us last year. So, you know, that's that's great for them, and, and it, it, you know, it's great for us as a, as a as a club as well as a regional club to have more local players playing around the league like that and professional football because for many years this region has been neglected of um full-time professional footballers so you know that we have to we have to be conscious that we, we we've got to develop players first and foremost as well you know there's two players that you have signed in the close season um jack brady and denzel fernandez they both come from shelburne they've while their chances were limited they were part of a group that had won the prem you know the first division and got promoted to the premier what do they bring to the side now with that experience that they are coming in that will help your team for this season? Well, unfortunately, Denzel is going to be out for the majority of the season. He he's he, he came in. We thought it was a um, initially when I signed him. You know, he was diagnosed with it to be out for six weeks. There was a, a knee ligament damage, but um, you know, and I just presumed that's what it was, and we thought that's what it was. But when our own physio looked at it. It turned out that it was um, an ACL, so it was mis- misdiagnosed. It was it wasn't caught, um, which can happen, you know. It, it, no one's at fault there. You know, Shelburne have been very good. You know, they paid free surgery and and looked after him. They've been very professional, um, you know, in their dealings with him. So you know, I'd like to commend them on that. But um, you know, it, it's just a shame for a young lad that he's you know he's going to be out injured for a long time, and he would have been a, a huge asset to us um, in the first division because you know he's he's very exciting footballer that. You know, would attract fans and, and fans want to watch players like him. And we have a few others like that, wide players, you know, Connor Melody, Joel Custrain, and um, they're exciting to watch um, and very quick. Dean George, the same, you know, so and Willie Armshaw. So we have three or four. We've we plenty of cover, but it would have been great to, you know, Denzel has, has, has won a, a first division title and, and he is really exciting and really quick. Um, but look, he's young yet and hopefully he can come back from that. Jack Brady is. Is you know Jack is around the league a long time for Jack. It's around you know he's twenty five, but he's around a long time. He hasn't played in a couple of years, so he needs to concentrate on his own game first and foremost, and he will do that. But you know after that, then he, he certainly has the character to become a good leader, and he's a great character around the dressing room, and he certainly has good leadership qualities that will you know come to the fore as the season develops. Um, but at the moment, I just want him concentrating on his on his own game because he has only played probably ten games in in two seasons, you know. So it's important for him to to get that sharpness back, and he's he, he's getting it week by week. You can see it. He was very good the other day, made some really good saves, um, you know. And so look, he he's he's just a, a very good character, and first and foremost, that's what we're looking for: is good characters around the place. And Denzel is as well, you know. And he's just unfortunate to be out, but. We've got we we've got a lot of good characters and we have we have a good mix we've got a good mix of leaders and and quite lads and we have a few few lads that are uh, lively shall we say you know so their their characters in other ways but that's that's good too you need a few of those around yeah um and and it's important to have that it's important to have that mix so um I'm delighted to have that you know it's important <laughs> to have not only as you just mentioned there you know you you're good character you know your loud characters and your quiet characters but as long as they are part of the overall mix which makes good harmony it's it's always going to be good um last season you defied the odds you you got into the semi-finals of the promotion relegation playoff and you were defeated by ucd would the club's aspirations be that 
a, a, a not, not necessarily, I don't want to say it because the first division is extremely competitive this year. I don't want to put pressure on you. But another run like that would obviously be be, a, be an objective of your side this year. Yeah, look, you always want to win as many games as you want, Kieran. I don't think it's the club's, the club's ambition is to, you know, develop first and foremost off the pitch, you know, anywhere above ninth. You know, we, it, it, you know, as long as we're competitive, the board have said that, you know, they're happy to where we finish. Like we've made a, we made a, um, a profit last year in our first year, you know, and a lot of that was got to do with how well the, the first team lads performed. And, and that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking out of the shop here, but a lot of that, 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 you know, a small profit, it wasn't anything major, but, you know, it was at the same time, it was a, it was a, a nice sum of money that will go towards developing our own facilities. And the chairman has come out uh, publicly and spoken about that. So again, that's where we're at. We're about developing our own facilities and, you know, putting money into our underage and in, in our academy and developing players. And, you know, so we're, we're certainly a, a bit off. It's, it's, it's a, an up, up profit, um, organization we don't have you know huge benefactors we have some very good sponsors but we don't have um like the other clubs you know multi-millionaire backers or anything like that like a lot of the other clubs so we have to build and grow our fan base and maybe look like a model off of um in this country would probably be someone like Sligo you know who have a fantastic um community ethos and you know their fans uh put a lot of money into the put the shoulder to the wheel and put a lot of money into the club and you know, last year our membership was was our, our highest income generator actually. So for a club in its first season, that was fantastic, and we hope to get pretty similar this year. Listen, Tommy. Uh, hopefully, come the end of the season, we'll have a chat with you again. Um, hopefully, that there will be a, a, a storm of great Limerick sporting occasions once again in the city. But I want to thank you for your time, and we will speak to you hopefully very soon later on this season. Thanks, Kieran. Take care. No problem. My pleasure. And that was Tommy Barrett, the Treaty United manager. We wish him the very, very best to look for the course of the season. Our next uh, segment here on the podcast is that we're going to talk to Final Whistle.e correspondent Dermot Carney, and he's going to give us an, a, a review of the last uh, last week's fixtures and a preview of this week. So, Dermot, uh, great to have you back, and uh, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks, Kieran. Thanks for having me on again this week. Not at all. First of all, if I can just, uh, before we get into the, the nitty gritty, um, we launched uh, the Around the Grounds last week. You were the host of that. Uh, you joined me in Oriel Park. Um, how did you feel that that went for a League of Ireland, um, for a League of Ireland segment? It's, it's something new and novel. Yeah, you know, it's something new. Um, it's a great experience to have to have launched something new into the, the League of Ireland sphere, let's call it, you know, um, having a new a new type of of um of media form out there for for promoting it obviously you were in you were in oriel during the the standard reports and updates for for the website and everything like that and then of course you spoke to me at full time to give us the the, the rundown um i thought it was great that we talked to, to all the reporters we had on the night just to give them the full-time report as the final whistle blew from from all the different grounds it was great just to have that and to just talk to all the reporters just to get that little bit of insight that you know, you mightn't see yourself watching it just to have, you know, if people weren't able to watch any of the streams that, you know, it, it was there and available to them. Let's get to last week's action, starting with Shamrock Rovers' comprehensive win over uh, newly promoted UCD. Is it as you were for Shamrock Rovers? Is it is it going to be just a case that they are going to, I wouldn't say steamroll the league, but are they going to be the, the title contenders in waiting? Yeah, I believe they, they were. Like, the game itself, 
when I was talking to you last week, I believe I did mention that it looked like it was going to be a routine win for Shamrock Rovers, and it was, in, in fairness. Um, UCD, to their credit, it could have been a worse scoreline, to be honest, but Shamrock Rovers did look dominant. They looked they looked like the team they were last year. Um, Jack Bourne, of course, did get his first start since he rejoined them this season, and he looked impressive. Um, Graham Burke getting a goal off the bench as well, and they do have other players in their ranks that have performed well, going back to that back five again that they worked so well with last year. Um, I think that it's going to be routine again for Shamrock Rovers, to be honest, based on what we've seen last week. I think that they will take that same ethos into the majority of the games this season, to be honest. Derry City and Dock, as we spoke uh, very, uh, very in, in much detail last week and, uh, and at the Grand in Oriel Park, it was a humdinger. I predicted before I went in, I said, I think this is going to be a draw. I, 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 was, I wasn't sure. And the thing is, it could have gone either way. Um, when looking back on the highlights, Dundalk actually looked the more dominant in possession and in terms of chances. Sam Bone was trying to have his own goal of the year competition on the first game of the season. But in terms of, uh, you know, it, it gave an insight, as I wrote in my match report, of how both teams are going to fare this season. You know, it, Dundalk aren't that far off us, but Derry City will have a lot to think about. Yeah, you know, I think both teams look fairly comfortable this season, to be honest. Both of them look like they can, they're not going to struggle. Um, like, I, when I, I watched it back afterwards, and I kind of agree with you there, to be honest, that it, it looked to draw, like a draw was a fair result. Yeah. Now, either team could have snatched it, to be honest, but look, I think a point each is definitely fair rather than one team going going away with three points and one of the other teams not getting anything because they both deserve something on the night, to be honest. Um, I suppose for the season going forward, it, it's interesting going to be where where will they both finish, to be honest. I can't, I can't call from last week's game which team deserves to finish above the other. To be honest, it looked, it looked very... They look very competitive. Two sides who could definitely challenge for European football for next year, to be honest. Definitely teams that will make the top four, to be honest. Now, the, the home fans seem to got behind Stevie O'Donnell um, yeah. on his first game the last day. And that's great to see, especially with everything that's gone on with Dundalk, that they have a manager in the dugout that the, the home support have got behind. And hopefully, you know, the, the ex-player can, can deliver. Well, the other thing that I've spoken to kind of a couple of people about this as well during the course of the week is that the players were really trying, like, and they were really, really pushing and they were they were closing Derry down at every opportunity and they were really wanting the ball and pushing. And I think that's the one thing you will find from Dundalk supporters. And I think from any League of Ireland kind of supporter, it, like we can talk about this really across the board for any team. If the players are trying, they're going to be backed. It's the case of when the players don't try is that when trouble starts. That that's it. You know, we've seen it with, with a lot of um a lot of teams in the past in a variety of different sports. If it's you know, if the players aren't putting in the work on the fields, it's not going to, to warrant the results. And you know, I don't know if that's what happened with Dundalk from their you know, their their fall from grace being the you know, the one of the the giants and powerhouses of Irish soccer too struggling last year in the league and the same as what happened with Cork City now playing their football in the in the first division. I don't know whether it's it's that, you know, there can be a, a wide variety of different things. It can be, you know, management, it can be the 
ownership of the club. It can be recruitment. It can be a lot of different things. But I do believe that both Dundalk and Derry have invested well. I mentioned it, of course, last week as well with the likes of the, the McElhaney boys going to Derry. Like, that's a massive recruitment for them. And, you know, if teams teams have invested well, it's just, you know, did you invest correctly? Um, and over the next few weeks is going to be where, where it shows, you know, look, Dundalk and Dundalk and Derry both got a point in the first night. Recruitment has gone well for them by the looks of it. If if both of them can can get a, a point off the other, then I think they'll be fairly comfortable for the rest of the season, to be honest. Two managers that had their first games with their new clubs last week met out in Talca Park. You had Tim Clancy with St. Patrick's Athletic and you had Damien Duff at Shelburne. Now, Damien Duff has come out and said that he's extremely proud of his side. Mm-hmm. He was very happy with their performance, but they were beaten... You know, Dara Burns with an absolute thunder rocket of an opening goal and sympaths in, in terms of things. I think they're the side that they, they pushed. Shamrock Rovers very close in the President's Cup. They look very, very, a very high pressing side. They look like they're going to push for second again, I think. Yeah, that, that goal by Dara was, was absolutely superb. He was an absolute joy to watch the last night for, for St. Pat's. He was just... He looked a player that has been in the league for, for years, but at such a young age, he showed his class already. Definitely wanted to watch this season already, even on the first night. But I do agree with, with what Damien did say about, like, he should they should be impressed with their performance and they should be proud of it. They looked they looked a great team. Like, I, I'm surprised they actually didn't get a goal. Uh, they looked they looked dangerous on the, on the threat. The second half was, the, was a different showing. They looked a bit kind of lacklustre in the first half. I think they were just trying to find their feet for the opening 45 minutes. First first time getting a run in the in the Premier Division as a new team and then you come out in the second half, you're a completely different unit. Whatever he said to them at half time definitely looked to have shown. Now, the scoreboard obviously doesn't reflect that losing 3-0 on your first night but to be honest, if you look beyond it and you look at their performance, you watch it back. Now, that, that first goal, I don't think most keepers in the league would stop something like that. That was just... Yeah. That was sheer class on the first night. Then the other two goals, they were really well-worked efforts, to be honest. I don't think Damien Duff is going to have much um, much bad things to say. He can go back now. He can watch the game back, see where they went wrong, um, look ahead to, to their next opponents and see, look, this is what we're going to do on the next night, kind of right the wrongs of it. But I don't think after the first night, Shelburne are a team that should be written off already. They have impressed, and I do believe that they can they can definitely challenge for mid-table, to be honest, based on what I've seen over the last, I suppose, the last season and definitely from their performance last night against St. Pat's. Just to, before we move on to the first division, I know that Damien Duff has said that he's kind of sick of the attention a little bit. I think there's been an awful lot of media kind of coverage towards him. Do you think, it, not saying that it's an unwarranted distraction, but do you think that that will all die down and he'll just be able to get on with the job without the consistent media kind of glare on him um, over the next couple of games yeah I think so I think look I suppose Damien Duff is so well known to people across the country he you know when a player who's done the green jersey decides to go into management especially in the League of Ireland he's going to get a lot of media attention he did as well when he joined Shamrock Rovers as well there's so much media buzz about him being there yeah. um, it, it is great to see though that there is a lot of media buzz coming into the league again um, obviously Damien wants it to be around the club and around different things, not just himself. He just wants to get on with the job at hand, which is obviously be the manager and, and work everything with that. But I suppose 
it, it is a, it is a good thing for for the league, but it is a bad thing for him. I suppose he doesn't want to to have a burden with the media. He doesn't want to fall out with any of the media outlets as well. Obviously, you know, when someone like Damien Duff is there, he he does grab headlines and everything like that. But I suppose you want to focus on the positive of the leagues. Him managing a team now in the league is obviously great for it. And I think that he should just, I suppose, back the media and just, you know, promote the league as best as he can to try and get um a lot more people you know, actively involved in watching the, the sport on a Friday night or a Saturday whenever the games are on and, you know, get people who mightn't have supported League of Ireland teams before but live fairly close to our grounds to want to actually go down and watch their local team from now on. Moving on to the first division, 19 goals. Um, it, was, it was a heck of an opening uh, opening night. You know, Waterford sent their signal of intent a 5-2 win over Athlone in, in Lissy Wollen. They, Ian Morris looks like he could be Setting the setting the benchmark early. Yeah, you know they 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 looked like an Ian Morris team. To be honest, they looked like a team that are already just waiting to lift the first division title. Even before they even got started, they looked they looked um, they looked a real threat. And to be honest, the five two score line it could have easily been more. They looked sensational. Phoenix Patterson as well. He was a great addition to their team last year. Uh, when they went down, I wasn't sure if they were. You know they were going to be in a situation to keep him on if a lot of players were going to go out the exit door once they dropped down. But now that he's back, he showed his class already and his quality on the first night. And to have someone like him, you know, spearheading a team going into a title charge for the first division, the an opening five two win is definitely enough to say, um, you know, here we are, here we're going to challenge for the title. Now they weren't the only team to score five goals in the night, but at the same time, they've definitely said, you know just because we got relegated last year doesn't mean we're not going to be challenging for anything this year. I know there's been an awful lot of stories about Cork City in the news this week, but on the pitch, um, a big win over uh, Bray Wanderers and the Bray Wanderers cabin TD combination and Dylan McLeay getting a hat-trick. You know, they're another side that, you know, has Colin Heaney finally got this side clicking and could they mount a title charge uh, to take on Waterford? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Dylan McGlade, the, the hat-trick that he scored was absolutely fantastic. And if anyone hasn't seen it, I highly, highly recommend going on to the Cork City Twitter and checking out the, the goal that he scored to complete the hat-trick. Absolutely fantastic. Out of this world finish from him. Um, now, that game was marred by a few different crowd troubles, to be honest. There wasn't a lot. There was a lot of things going on off the pitch that weren't going on on the pitch at times. Um and look, we, we don't want to see that in the sport. We want to kind of, you know, watch them running up and down the pitch for 90 minutes, support your team, but not, you know, throw anything, throw projectiles onto the pitch. Now, I know Dylan McGlade is obviously a former Bray Wanderers player and him scoring a hat-trick and kissing the crest of Cork City at your home ground isn't something that you want to see, but I don't think he deserved anything being no. thrown at him, whether it was a flare or anything like that. And we saw it, of course, last year with Waterford and Shamrock Rovers, but you know, moving and on. happened in Oriel Park as well. There was yeah. monopoly money thrown at a player, and then a pig's head was another object. So, yeah, you I... know, you, you like you, you can't control those situations, but at the same time, while I understand that pyros are part of the, the you know, the, the League of Ireland atmosphere, they unfortunately it has been said in another podcast. Um, it was it was on uh, the press box, which is at the FC media one. They said they one of their guests said. The majority of people that have these flares are are not 
you know, they're not the ones that you really want to have them in their hands, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, it's, I suppose it's across the league, you know, you, you see it a lot. You see, especially when you, uh, it was a Bohemians last year against Shamrock Rovers, where I think for the opening few minutes watching the game, you could only see smoke coming from the main stand. Now, look, people can, you know, you can go to the game, you can, you know, cheer on your team. If you want to have a flare, do it safely. But, you know, do not throw it onto the field. Do not use it as a weapon to to attack a player on the field. Like, we, we don't want that. You know, you want you want the league for, you know, its purposes. You know, it's, a, it's to promote domestic football in the country. It's not, you know, you, you don't want to attack any player. You know, you see it as well in, you know, in England and stuff like that where people have had, coins bottles everything thrown at them i don't think we want to see that in the league going forward and it wasn't it wasn't a great thing to see on the opening night where it was the 7:45 kickoff but i don't think it finished until until well after it was i think they could have been about an hour a half an hour into their journey by the time the, the game had finally finished to be honest Moving on, um, Wexford had a very difficult evening at home. They lost 5-1 to Treaty. Treaty, I spoke we as you, on the programme, we spoke to Tommy Barrett. Um, he spoke comprehensively about his side's ambitions this season. They made the semi-finals of the promotion relegation playoff. They'd be hoping to make one step further this year and maybe make that final. Yeah, for sure. I know I was listening to, to Tommy there and he's a he's a true League of Ireland manager. Like He's someone who's He's diehard Limerick as well. Like he wants to bring in the young lads. He we saw him doing it at Limerick as well before they they fell apart and departed us. And then Treaty United took their spot as the as the main team coming out of Limerick now. And you know, for for a manager to to build a team within three days, take them to a playoff semi final on their first year, like he deserves a lot of credit for it. Um, and I don't blame him for having for having that. You know the the enthusiasm to to think that you know we, we can do it it's great to see him because you know he is a manager that's definitely passionate about it he wants to get behind the players he definitely believes that squad has got the potential you said you know the 5-1 win they looked they looked fairly comprehensive they looked like a team that have been well drilled in how to play football how to how to carry on themselves in the field they've recruited well again um i cannot see them you know not making the playoffs. It's going to be interesting. Will the top four be Waterford, Cork, Treaty, and then Galway? Will there be three monster teams challenging for, for one of the playoff spots? Who out of those four can get the can can just go straight up and not have to go down the, the playoff route? But look, we, we we will have to see. But definitely Treaty are a team that have impressed. They impressed last year and they are definitely impressing already this season. Speaking of Galway, they're entering game so to speak this week um we've just mentioned it there you know you've got longford as well who have to play their first game this week their game their match was called off last week i i, I said it last week and i'm going to repeat myself again this has to be the most competitive first division season i think on paper for a long long time and i think that we talked about surprise packages and one thing. It's it's I don't think it's even about surprise packages now at this stage. I think it's who's going to be top and who's going to actually I think it's going to be scrap on scrap before the come season end to see who's going to make the summit. Yeah, it's it's mad to say that, you know, we got nineteen goals in the first night. And even with all the games in the in the 
you know the Premier Division, you'd be thinking, oh, we might get something out of this. But the First Division impressed me more last week. To be honest, it was it was a phenomenal thing to watch. You know, those three teams looking very impressive already. Of course, Galway will want to kind of get their season off running now. It'll be very interesting to see if if they can do something similar this week. Because um, if they don't, if they don't kick start with a win, you know, you've got three teams who've already put five past their opponents who are looking strong already and can build on that whereas Galway have you know not kicked off yet and John Caulfield is another manager who's he's a diehard manager for the league he knows this league inside and out he knows what he wants from his players I think he was disappointed last year that they didn't make uh, a run of it and get into them but you know to to get into that position to play Waterford in the relegation playoff or mm. even go up as league winners last year he was very disappointed by that so I think he'll want to you know, he'll want to try and get there again this year. But I think this year is a lot more competitive than it was last year. Based on what we've seen from the first weekend of games, the three teams have all invested well. We just need to see now have Galway done the same and can they, you know, bring everything out into the field on Friday night. We'll start looking at the fixtures for this week. Um, we, we kick off again on Friday. Bohemians are at home to Dundalk. Um, Derry City are playing Shamrock Rovers. I believe that game's live on television. Draha United will kick off their season. They didn't. They got their game against Ben cancelled last week. They're uh, at home to Shelburne. St Patrick's Athletic are entertaining Sligo Rovers, who once again um, didn't have a game last week. And UCD play Ben Game of the week has to be in the Brandywell. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting tie to see to see what's going to happen from that game. Uh, you know, Derry, as you mentioned, you watched them last week. They were, you know, they were impressive. They were in hard luck, I suppose, not to come home with the three points. To be honest, they did look impressive. Yeah. Can they take it to the Brandywell? You know, home, you're at home soil against the champions. This is the game that you need to show what you're made of. Um, you know, getting three points against most teams in the division is all well and good, but you need to beat the yardstick that is Shamrock Rovers. Um, you know. Has their recruitment been enough? Can they stop that that dynamic? You know, Shamrock Rovers team. You know, if they put, if they have the likes of Graham Burke, uh, Graham Burke and and uh, Jack Byrne leading an attack, it's going to be a hard, hard task for the majority of people in the league to stop to stop that duo. It's going to be interesting to see how they can finish it on the day. To be honest, and the the other thing of it is is that as of yet. They don't even have their strongest eleven. Michael Duffy at this moment in time. They, we were just told that he's injured. We don't know length of time. So for, for at this moment in time, they they don't have their strongest eleven. McElhenney came off the bench. I think he's still recovering from the injury that he suffered against Derry for Dundalk against Derry last season. So it's going to take a while for that that side maybe to warm up a little bit. But getting a result against Shamrock Rovers would be important. St. Patrick's Athletic are at home to Sligo Rovers. Sligo Rovers have had to wait um, a week. Their game against Bohemians was called off last week. Do you think that they'll they'll kind of catch, catch them on the hop a little bit and St. Patrick's get another win under the belt? Um, I think they will. I think St. Pat's looked too impressive last weekend to uh, to cough up the, the results again this weekend. Now, we haven't seen Sligo yet to see what they're made of, whether they're going to be in, um, a team that can challenge this year or whether they might struggle. It's going to be an interesting one to see, but you know, a team like I said for the first division, a team that has been out there and has got ninety minutes under their belts, looked very strong and impressive, especially away from home. 
you know, my money is on is on um, St. Pat's to take the three points, unfortunately, for any Sligo fans who are watching. Uh, can UCD um, take anything from their from their home tie against Finn Harps? Andy Myler, um, manager of, of UCD, he's he spoke very kind of highly of his side. UCD have always had, they've kind of switched their model from accruing one or two players. They've gone a completely student model. They play great football. That's what they, they're so-called, really, the academy of, um, of Irish football with the, with the manner of the, the amount of players that they put through the system. Do you think that Finn Harps, with the blend of players that they brought in, will they be just too strong for them? I think they will, just because of the fact that Finn Harps have have been the you know the, the team that have just hung on there over the last number of years. But they know how to fight and how to grind results, especially away from home. They looked very impressive last year. I think they had a better away record than their home record. They were a superb team. Like most teams, did struggle to contain them um, at the best of times when they faced them and. You know, look, to be, to credit UCD, they did look impressive last week against Shamrock Rovers. You are going up against the champions. They did lose 3-0, but, you know, they did impress. Now, they didn't really create many chances in front of goal. It's going to be interesting to see, can they, you know, put the work up front rather than in defence, going up against the likes of a defensive-orientated team like like Harps, who can just put men back there and make you struggle to try and get the ball in the back of the net. It's going to be an interesting one to see. I can see it being a draw, to be honest. I can see it, you know, just being one of those, you know, maybe a one-all draw, late penalty from someone, you know, when um, when Finn Harps are missing someone like Tunde up top. It's going to be interesting to see can they get a goal scorer like him in the fray again. Um, hopefully they have. They have someone, and Ollie can bring them on and you know make use of them this year. Drogheda uh, didn't get to play against Finn Harps last week. They welcomed Shelburne. We spoke to Finn. We spoke to um, Dane Massey last week. He said that Kevin Doherty is the kind of manager that you want to play under with his enthusiasm. Home crowd, Drogheda United. I don't know if you've ever been to United Park. The the fans are right on top of you. It's a really kind of it's a real old school type of ground. It's it the pitch is really tight as well. That might not suit the likes of shells who do like to play a wide, expansive game of football. It it ties it up. Or it's going to be a good game, I think. It is. You know, I actually haven't been to, to United Park, but I've watched a lot of their games, especially last year. Um, it is one of those your know, traditional old school grounds. You know, the fans are right on top of you. It's one of the tight pitches, similar to um, to Finn Harps up yeah. in up at Finn Park. It's one of those like. You know, with the wind conditions last week, you know, it could have been a right interesting one to go to, to be honest. But, uh, you know, Drogheda are, Drogheda are a team that you can, you know, they can be sensational one week and they might struggle another week. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they can cope. Um, obviously, of course, they didn't get their maiden run last week. Be interesting to see if they have taken the week off to just focus on their opponents this weekend and be able to, you know, analyse the game and you know, make what they can out of it and try and come home with three points. Last game is Bohemians versus Dundalk. Um, Bohemians have lost players. Um, they've lost some big, big names and big characters. So that once again, Keith Long has delved into the transfer market. I'm led to believe that there is a shed somewhere in Dalyman Park. I don't know exactly where it is. And there's scouting reports all over. And himself and Trevor Crowley have it. It's like they're in a sanctum. 
He's recruited really, really well once again, just like Stevie O'Donnell has with loan signings and with permanent signings. This game sets it up, I think, a little bit like the game last week. It's It, it just tees it up to be a home dinger. Bohemians and the Dock have just had a real gung-ho battle against each other over the past couple of years. And once again, I think it's going to be a really exciting tie. Yeah, you know, I suppose Bohemians were hard done by with the amount of players that they've lost. They have lost some some phenomenal talents in that team. And I suppose they have been a team that have, you know, they've been through been through a lot of things in the league over the last number of years. They are a team that are, you know, well versed in in playing Irish football and looking strong. Similar to Dundalk. Um, you know, Dundalk recruited well, lost some big players, managed to hold on. I believe Bohemians as well. Keith Long is a fantastic manager. I think he knows how to get the best out of players. They have some unbelievable young lads coming up through the ranks as well. I believe they can definitely utilise those. They still have great players. Obviously, you know, they've lost Georgie Kelly, who was standout player last year. And to lose someone like him is, you know, it's heartbreaking for, for Bose fans to see him see him not be at Daily Mount this year. But, you know, hopefully they have another man who can step up to his, to his calibre and lead the line again for them. Going to the first division, Cove Ramblers are at home to Wexford, Cork City and Galway United, Treaty United and Athlone Town, and then followed by Waterford and Bray Wanderers. Game of the week, it has to be John Caulfield going back to Turner's Cross with his Galway United side. Yeah, you know, that their first their first run out on first division football, and it's against the team who looked the to stand out last week, to be honest, of the three the three guys that we mentioned earlier who got the the the, the five goal results. They looked the team that were were strongest. I mean, to score the amount of goals that they did in the very short period of time, you know, most teams are going to struggle against that. I'm I'm sure now, John, who's well first in Cork City, has definitely studied them, studied Colin Healy's tactics. He definitely knows Colin inside and out as a manager, and I believe he's going to get um, you know, a great reception from both the home and away supporters. Depends on what way the full time whistle goes, but how it'll finish, but. I think yeah. John Caulfield is definitely someone who will definitely want to take three points away from his old team, to be honest. What of the first home game? Um, they're going up against Bray Wanderers. Uh, once again, it's a, what, what, what if it's not the easiest place to go to the best of times, but coming off a 6-0 defeat, you know, they're, they're, they don't want a situation where they're going to be a goal difference parity very early on in the season. Yeah, for sure. I suppose, like, if it, if it was the first week, I'd have said, you know, it's definitely going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what we Waterford play. But if they play like they did on Friday night last week, I don't think Bray are going to are going to be able to compete with them. They look too strong. They looked, they looked just um, a sensational outfit. They did look like a Premier Division team, to be honest. They looked like they did a couple of years back where they were, you know, they were up there challenging for European places. They looked back to their their main days. Um, the RSC has always been a tough place to go, but for Bray, you've you've just lost six nil on your opening your opening night. Can you perform against the team that could easily put six or seven past you if you don't perform to your best? Um, it's going to be interesting to see what way Bray go into the game. Have they have they looked back at where where everything went wrong last week? Um, but definitely, Ian Morris will say you know more of the same from last week. If you can do what you did last week then we're shoe-ins for promotion this year, to be honest. Trini and I have their first home game. They're at home uh, to Athlone, who lost 5-2. Um, Michal Schlegerman's going to have another busy day between the sticks, I'd, I'd imagine. But um, a first home game in Limerick, 
you know, after the great season that they've had, it's it's about momentum now for Treaty. It is, you know, the, the markets field was always um, a tough place to go for most League of Ireland teams. The Limerick support has always been rapturous. They've always got behind their team, especially now that, you know, Treaty United have formed their a fan team, they're a community team, they're you know, they're promoting the the sport in Limerick and everyone has gotten behind them. And you saw it last year, you know, they were a brand new team to the division, but their fans got behind them. They willed them all the way until the, the semifinals of the um of the playoffs and they looked yeah. a fantastic team. And you know, at Lone, they did struggle um last weekend. They they didn't look up to their best. Um, you know, they have been the team that have kind of over the last few years, it's been the same four clubs, to be honest, that have been down toward the bottom end of the first division. Um, and I think Atlone are going to be down there again this year unless they can claim a massive scalp on Friday night against Treaty. But I think Tommy Barrett is, has got his squad, he's got his tactics right, and I think they're going to be a, a, co- a comprehensive unit this year, to be honest. Coven Wexford, this has the potential of being the game of the week. You just don't know. It's unpredictable. You just don't know what way it's going to pan out. You don't know with Cove and Wexford. Cove and Wexford have been two teams that can be, you know, joining the teams in the bottom half of the table or Cove can be challenging or Wexford can be there, thereabouts. It's interesting. This could be a, a nil-nil draw. It could be 4-3, 4-4. It could be anything result, to be honest. Um, Wexford were below par last week. I think they know that themselves. They need to turn everything around. Um. Cove then, you know, can they come back and can they challenge Cork City to be the undisputed Cork team? Can they, you know, they'll say they're the, the, the county team and Cork are the city team or, right. you know, it all depends on what way you, you, you'll see it down below there. But um, it'd be interesting to see if if Cove can develop. They've got a good number of young lads in that team. Wexford, of course, the same. But, you know, from what I've seen last week, it could be a comprehensive result for Cove or it could be a very, very tight high-scoring draw, to be honest. Depends on, you know, which team wants it more. I think Wexford definitely will because of what happened last week, but I think Cove do want to start their season on a high. David, listen, thanks very much. It's been brilliant to talk to you again and I will speak to you on Friday night when we go around the grounds once again and we'll have a chat and hopefully I'll be talking about three points, hopefully, for Dundalk. But, um, listen, anything can happen. That's it, Kieran. That's it. Thanks for having me on. And anyone who's interested will be able to see it on our on our social media channels anyway on Friday night. We'll have uh, the Around the Ground reports from all our reporters for, for all of those games that we mentioned there that we just previewed. And um, hopefully it'll be another goal fest like it was last week. Absolutely. Thanks very much, Dermot. Thanks. Okay. And that is our lot for this week. We'll be back next Wednesday. Um, my thanks to Yo-Yo Maddie of Finn Harps, to Tommy Barrett of Treaty United, and Dear McCarney, our own correspondent from FinalWhistle.ie. Coney Duffy, uh, Duffy and Brethany Early were on production, so thank you to them. I've been Kieran Callan. Take care, and if you head to a League of Ireland ground, wherever it may be around the country, make sure that you enjoy the second week of the action. Take care.